Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. As I said, we're going to uh, finish up our Christmas series uh, for the past three weeks, today being week three. We've been on this topic, King of Kings. Come on, on somebody, say King of Kings. And, you know, this has been the topic that has taken us through our, our Christmas season. And today, as we kind of finish up the Christmas season and we begin to move into the new year, we're going to do the finale of King of Kings. One more time, say King of Kings. Psalm 97 verse 1 says, the Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Anybody here to rejoice this morning? Let the farthest coastlands be glad. There is great joy when you know that your Lord is the king of all kings, right? In 1 Timothy 6.15, again, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and one uh, and only almighty God, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We've been learning that Christmas is all about receiving the perfect, clear, visible revelation of the invisible God, right? If you were here last Sunday, we really focused on Jesus, that when you see Jesus, you see God, the invisible God in a visible form. That's what we see when we see Jesus, right? And I just want to encourage you one more time today, the Sunday after Christmas, right? Let Jesus, let the King of Kings be revealed to you and in you. You've got to see him for yourself. I can't make you see him and you can't see him through someone else's eyes. You've got to see him for yourself and he wants to reveal himself to you. We've been learning, right, about the Trinity, and we've kind of been going along with this song we've been singing, King of Kings. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. And we've been learning about the Trinity, that the Trinity is three in one and one in three. It's not one or the other, it's both, right? It is that there is one almighty God, creator of, of everything. He's the breath of life, right? He's the creator of the cosmos. And he has revealed himself to us, to humanity, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, backwards, the Father that's been revealed to humanity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? The, in, the visible image of the invisible God. And today we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the one person is one God. So it's three in one and one in three. And we call that the Trinity. All right, let's try that again. All right. He's three in one. How about we do this? He's three in one and he's one in three. And we call that the Trinity. All right. Romans 1, 4. Jesus was shown to be the son of God, which we know as the Father, right? When he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And one more time, how about we do this? He's the 
Father, right? Everywhere, omnipresent. He's the breath of life. He's in the very air that you breathe. He's not the Father in heaven far away. He's the Father in the heavens. In other words, in the air. He's so close. He's closer than the air you breathe because he's in the air that we breathe. He's the breath of life. In him we live, we move, and we have our very existence. He's the Father. Come on, somebody. Now help me. He's the Father. And Jesus is the Son. You point to him, right? The Bible says Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. All the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples, all this time you've been with me and you still want to see the Father. Hello. I'm right here. I've been with you all this time. Come on, somebody say the Son. Father. Son. And today, how about we praise the Spirit? Are you ready? Come on, say, Holy Spirit. Lay hands on yourself. All right. (laughs) Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Why do I do Holy Spirit? You're going to see here in just a minute. Can somebody praise the Spirit? (laughs) Well, by the end of this word, I think we're all going to be praising the Spirit of God. Because he is the most wonderful, marvelous friend you could ever even imagine having. Holy Spirit, show us who you are today. Let's look at John in chapter 14. We're going to read 15 through 18 and verse 26. And I really love reading from the Amplified Version because uh, if you remember... The Amplified Version, uh, the translation, is translated from Greek into English, and then in brackets and parentheses and stuff like that, uh, when there is a very important word, it gives you the, uh, the full like meaning in Greek. Okay, so as we read this, I'm going to uh, read the Amplified Version. Are you ready? If you would like to follow along on the screen, because here I have the Amplified Version for you. If you really love me, this is Jesus speaking, you will keep and obey my commandments. Wow. How do I know if I love Jesus? If I keep and obey his commandments, right? And he says, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. That word means comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. That word helper means all of that. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. To be with you forever. Why did I pause on that and act strange? Because I want everybody to really give attention to that word. Jesus said he'll be with us forever. Let's go on. The spirit of truth. Wow, there's another name. Whom the world can't receive and and take it to its heart because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually And will be where? In you. 
So Jesus is saying right now he's with you and he will continually be with you. But later he's going to be in you. Wow, what an amazing promise. Let's continue. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus is saying, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. Jesus is saying, I will come back to you. But as he's saying, I will come, he's referring to the Spirit. But the helper, here we go again, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. Does anybody in the room need one of those? Whew, I need him today. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He will teach you all things. What a wonderful promise. I don't know about you, but I want to learn all things. <laughs> and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Wow. Bear with me. Let's jump forward six chapters to John 20. So, John 14 happened right before Jesus uh, went to the cross, okay? Right before Jesus was going to die on the cross, he was going to leave this world, and we know that he was going to be raised from the dead and then ascend back into heaven. And when he ascended back into heaven, we learned this last week, he sat down and he sent, he, he, he gave out gifts and he sent the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, but something happened in between John 20 is after Jesus died and was resurrected. He began to appear to people, the resurrected Christ. And one time he was with his disciples and John 20 22 says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit that had been with them all this time because he was upon Jesus, right? And Jesus had promised he's going to be with you forever. Now, the ones who had followed him, his disciples, he, right? What happened then? The Holy Spirit went from being just with them to in them. Receive the bread. The Holy Spirit is the breath of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want the breath of Jesus breathing in me. And I want the Holy Spirit not only to be with me, but to be in me. But look at Matthew 3, 11, a promise that happened even before the with and the in. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone coming soon is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you. Say baptize. Come on, say it again. Baptize. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And baptism means to be totally what? Submerged. Submerged or taken under. What comes upon you if you get baptized in water? Water. <laughs> right? You can't be baptized in water without water coming upon you. Right? Yes? You can, listen, I, I know I'm being silly, but you, we could, if we you know, blew up our, we have a jacuzzi for a baptistry here in Encounter Church. If we blew it up and we filled it up right now, I could have the baptistry right here with us. Yes, I wouldn't, but I could scoop a cup out of it and drink it and have the, bapti the, the water in me, right? But if I were to be get in and get baptized, the water would come all over me. And the Holy Spirit 
not only wants to be with you, he not only wants to be in you, he wants to come upon you. He wants to fill you. He wants to baptize you. He wants to submerge you in himself. So I want you to repeat this after me. And I believe this is in your bulletin. By the way, there is a little outline in your bulletin to help you follow along. If you haven't noticed that yet, I want you to say this with me, okay? The Holy Spirit is God with you, in you, and upon you. Ah, here we go. How about we replace you with me? Because we're making it personal today, right? Ready? Let's read it together. The Holy Spirit is God with me, in me, and upon me. The Father, the Son, but the Holy Spirit. He comes upon us. The God of the universe, who's in the very air that we breathe. The God who revealed himself through Jesus Christ. It's almost like the only way I know how to describe it, and this may not be the best way, but this is the way I get it. It's almost like a concentration of all that he is, his omnipresence and power on you. It's like a personal, a personal presence of his omnipresence, right? That's who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. So today, I want to talk about seven amazing reasons why I praise the Spirit. Come on, say praise the Spirit. We done praise the Father, we done praise the Son. Today we're going to praise the Spirit for the first reason is because He is my companion. He's our companion, number one. Let's, uh, for most of these, we're going to take a look back up to John 14, what we read. But basically, you're never alone. If you have the Holy Spirit, never, not even once, are you alone, nor do you have to feel alone, nor do you have to, nor do I have to go through life and make it happen on my own because Jesus promised that the Spirit of God would be continually with us forever, right? He wants, to, he wants you to know He's with you. What if I don't feel Him? He's still with you. Because sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't, Right? And if you've never felt the Holy Spirit, you can experience him today. But those of you that have been touched by the Holy Spirit, filled by the Holy Spirit, sometimes, sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't, right? Or does anybody out there always feel it? Woo, right? I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I, I sense and feel his presence often, but there's sometimes I don't feel him. Does that mean he's not with me any longer? No. Jesus said, and Jesus is truth, Right? Jesus is God and God can't lie. He said he'll continually be with me forever. He's our forever companion. As you follow Jesus, he will be with you every single step of the way. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what following Jesus looks like or demands of us, we have a companion. And I am so glad, you know, he wants to be our closest friend. And I'm glad that this companion is number two. He's our helper. Whew. Come on, somebody say, help. 
you know, life it, it can be tough sometimes. But following Jesus in the midst of a world and a generation that does not follow Jesus, even looks down on those that follow Jesus, sometimes life and following Jesus can get pretty doggone tough and uncomfortable, right? Or do you, are you great and you're fine and you don't need a helper? You could just do this on your own. I need a helper. And you know, the word helper that we just read in John 14 is a very rich and loaded word. Come on, say loaded. That word is loaded because it means so much. Those six little letters, helper, means so, so much. Let's break it down. Are you guys ready for this journey? He's our helper. You know what helper means? First of all, it means Literally, it means to be an advocate. What is an advocate? Someone who advocates for you, right? Someone who is your advocate. He advocates for you. He knows how to help you in every situation. He stands for you, right? Isn't that what an advocate does? An advocate stands for you, stands with you, stands by your side. He's there to advocate for you, right? The word also means, helper means defender. And literally, literally this word is in the Greek. It's like a legal term, okay? The, the, this word is, can, you want to say a Greek word? You say parakletos or paraclete, okay? In Greek, parakletos, it means all of this helper word. And it's like a legal term, that if you were to stand before a judge, I hope you have a, a defense lawyer, right? A defender. And literally that word defender is like that word, like a defense lawyer. Um, it, it's someone who pleads your case, right? It's someone who speaks for you on your behalf to defend you. Another word that it just said there is that he's a standby. And I love that word because it's so easy to explain. It means he stands by me, right? You ever had a friend that all of a sudden you were in trouble and you look by you and they weren't there anymore? <laughs> they didn't stand by. They ran by away. <laughs> the amazing thing is the Holy Spirit is our standby, right? He wants to stand by us, whatever it is that we are facing. And another word that helper means, or paracletos, is the word intercessor. It means to say something when you can't say it yourself, right? When we say we're interceding in prayer, it means we're praying on someone else's behalf, right? Right? If I pray for Diana. And praying for myself is one thing, but if I pray for Diana, that's called intercession, right? Praying for someone else. Is it, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor, literally, in, in, if you will, in the courtroom of heaven, in the spirit realm. He is speaking on our behalf and pleading our case and saying what we can't say for ourselves, Come on, is somebody happy that the Holy Spirit is your paracletos? 
He's your standby. He's your intercessor. Not only that, but the word paracletos means encourager. It means encourager. Somebody that's like, come on, keep going. You can do this. Don't give up. Don't give in. You're going to make it. Come on, right? Anybody need an encourager? I, I, I know that sometimes things are discouraging. Jesus gave us an encourager because sometimes there would be discouragement. Come on, that sometimes there will be things that we face that are discouraging and we need the Holy Spirit to help encourage us along to not give up. Another word that paracletos or helper means is comforter. And in the same way, I say this, and that some, of, some of us really need the comforter today. Why did Jesus send us a comforter? Because we were going to need comforting. Yeah? Because we, he knew we were going to need comforting sometimes. He knew that life itself, take Jesus out of the equation. There are harsh, hard uncomfortable things that we go through and again add following jesus to the equation which makes you counterculture counter you know the way every counter flow going against the grain that becomes very uncomfortable at times it makes us different and and sometimes following jesus presents us with situations where what we need to do is uncomfortable right but we don't have to sink and drown in the discomfort. We have a comforter who in the midst of our discomfort and our uncomfort, he will comfort us. Is anybody glad we have a comforter? And, and, and another one that it means, this happens to probably be my favorite because I desperately need this part of the, the paraclete, the paracletos, and that is he is a counselor. And he don't charge $100 an hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. By the way, I believe that true good counselors deserve to be paid very well. But really, that's a special calling. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is your own personal counselor. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants to, as he observes you, and hears you and watches you, he wants to then give you his perspective, the truth for perspective, right? I would almost say that it's pretty much every day that I, at least at some point, turn and say, Holy Spirit, please counsel me right now. <laughs> I need counsel. I need to know. Like, I need perspective, okay? Anybody else need a counselor, but, or is that just me? Finally, it says he's our strengthener. Can you believe helper means all of that? Strengthener. And the Holy Spirit wants to infuse us with supernatural strength beyond our own strength. What a gift. I mean, that's only number two of seven. I could stop, or three. I could stop, no, two. I could stop right there, and it'd be wonderful. What an amazing gift the Father has given us, that Jesus has sent us the Spirit of God to be in us and with us and come upon us, right? But he's also 
not only all of that, not only is our companion, not only is our amazing helper, he's the spirit of truth. Number three, he's the spirit of truth. Jesus called him that. And I just, I really feel like I had to say this today. So I'm going to ask for your heart's attention right now. You never have to be tricked or submit to the devil's lies. Never. That is not the life of a disciple of Jesus. If you have decided to follow Jesus Christ, you have decided to follow the one who is the truth, Jesus himself, and he's taken of himself and poured himself the truth out upon us, the spirit of truth. You can know the truth in every season of life. You don't ever have to be tricked and deceived by the devil. You don't ever have to be tricked or deceived by the world. You and I, we can know the truth if we maintain a relationship with the spirit of truth. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't like to be tricked. I don't like to be tricked. How bad? I mean, it feels pretty bad when you get tricked, right? And then later you realize, man, this whole month I believe that stupid thing that's been bothering me and causing me all this trouble, and it wasn't even true. The Holy Spirit wants to help us not live like that. He wants to reveal the truth, and he wants to, Jesus said, to remind us of everything Jesus taught us, right? He's the spirit of truth. I want to share a prayer with you that I constantly pray that maybe you want to pray, and it's something very simple. It goes like this. Holy Spirit, in this situation right now, I need you to lead me into the truth. Lead me into the truth about this, about her, about him, about this situation, about that, about this circumstance. Lead me into the truth. I don't want to see it off. I want to see it the right way. Give me the truthful perspective. Guess what? He'll do it because that's who he is. That's, that's just who he is. He's, a, he's the one who leads us into truth. You guys all right? Or some, some of you want to be tricked. Number four, he's not only our companion, our helper, spirit of truth, but number four, he is the spirit of holiness. In fact, his name is Holy Spirit. I've heard some people say kind of silly that holy is his first name. And I know that's silly. But there's a point to that. Why didn't, why do we call him the Holy Spirit rather than some other name? Because he's holy. <laughs> he's holiness itself. And, you know, as Jesus followers, we're called to live. We did a whole entire series called Uncommon before this one about being holy, about living different, about not being like the rest of the world, not be, be, being different, being like God, which is called holiness. And we learned, and this is just a tiny little recap, that there's no way to be holy on our own, that we need the holiness of God to be holy. And guess who holiness is? The Holy Spirit. I can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. Come on. Can you be holy without the Holy Spirit? Holy no. Holy no. That's right. <laughs> Romans 1, 3 and 4. 
says, for this gospel, the gospel is all about God's son. As a man, he descended from David's royal lineage, but as the mighty son of God, he was raised from the dead and miraculously set apart with a display of triumphant power supplied by the spirit of holiness. And now Jesus is our Lord and Messiah. Come on, there's power and there's triumph in holiness. But it only comes if we're filled with the spirit of holiness. Romans 15, 16. I'm a special, me special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present to you an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. Let's read that last phrase together. Made holy by the Holy Spirit. Again, go back and listen to our Uncommon series. But the Holy Spirit is that which God gives us that sets us apart and makes us holy like him. He's the spirit of holiness. And you can be holy because he is in you. Number five, I praise the spirit because he is our companion, my helper, spirit of truth, spirit of holiness. And he's also the spirit of adoption. The Bible calls him Romans 8, 15, calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of adoption. What does it mean to be adopted? It means to be brought into a family and to be given the exact same position and legitimacy of someone who would have been naturally, physically born into a family, right? Come on, if you adopt a child, they're not a second-rate child. They're your child, just as if you would have pushed them out yourself, right? Adoption means to be given the full identity and rights as a part of a family. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. I really love what the Passion Translation says uh, in this verse. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, that spirit of adoption, right? enfolding you into the family of God. And you'll never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join, in, join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, or Abba, we learned, right? It's like more than father. It's like daddy or papa or Abba in, in, in Greek, okay? The spirit of full acceptance the spirit of adoption and i just i could go really deep into this but we don't have time i just want to say this by the holy spirit you can both know and feel like a child of god it's not just i know it in my mind no 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 the Bible, we just read that the spirit of God, the spirit of adoption joins with our spirit and together our spirits cry out, beloved father, you can both know it and you can feel it. And if you've never felt the love of God as your father, you need to be filled with the spirit of adoption. He wants to touch you today. He's also number six, <laughs> the spirit of Christ himself. Some translations just say the spirit of Jesus, okay? The spirit of Christ or the spirit 
of Jesus, Romans 8, 8 through 10. I'm also in the Passion Translation on this one because it just says it so accurately, okay? For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. All of our fleshly striving um, produces no pleasure to God. But when the Spirit of Christ, come on, Jesus himself, empowers your life, you're not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. It doesn't mean the flesh disappears or goes away or stops talking to you, because it doesn't. But it does mean we're no longer dominated. We're no longer enslaved by that. Now we got a new, a new master, right? We're dominated no longer by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you're not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, which is the spirit of Christ, you're not of him. Now Christ lives in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life because of you are fully accepted. By God. The Holy Spirit is the very spirit of Jesus himself. That's why I know, I know a lot of times we say it, especially in kids' church and stuff. And this, Do you have Jesus in your heart? Right? How many of you have ever said, I have Jesus in my heart? Or have ever been asked, do you have Jesus in your heart? How many of you have ever asked anybody else, do you have Jesus in your heart? I hope so, right? And... And that's very um, childlike way of saying a reality. If the Holy Spirit inside of you, Jesus himself is in your heart. Jesus is in us. Okay? The spirit of Jesus. You can truly say, Jesus lives in me. Come on, say it. Jesus lives in me. And I love this part about the Holy Spirit. He's not... It's not just Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, helps us know Jesus. Uh, uh, Ephesians 1 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, he reveals Jesus to us. How about the amplified version of that? I always pray, and I do actually. I pray this a lot for y'all, by the way. I pray this for Encounter Church often. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him, for we know the Father through the Son. The Spirit of Christ is also the Spirit that reveals Christ to us. Does anybody want to know Jesus intimately, not just know more about him? I want to know him. And finally, it brings us to probably the most all-encompassing name of the Holy Spirit, right? He's the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of God, number seven. The Spirit of Jesus 
the helper, the companion, the spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness, right? All of this that we've been learning, they're all just descriptions of the spirit of everything God is. The Holy Spirit is this, the whole entire spirit of the whole entire God. He's the spirit of God. Now, quickly, before I read these last few scriptures, in, in, in the Bible, there, there's a study called numerology, right? And numerology is basically that numbers mean something, right? Numbers represent things. Probably the most common number that pretty much everybody knows is that the number seven means total, complete, perfect, integrous, not lacking anything. It's absolutely total and complete, all right? The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the sevenfold Spirit of God. Not because there's seven of them, but because the Holy Spirit is the complete full package. Yeah? He's the full package. When we got the Holy Spirit, we didn't get half the deal. We got the full package. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us and upon us, he gave us the whole entire package. We're not missing anything. There are people that run around kind of like, listen, uh, what do you call it? Disclaimer here. I will go anywhere where I know the Holy Spirit's moving to get more of him, right? Hello? But at the same time, I realize I have all of the Holy Spirit. It's more a matter of me getting more in touch with him. It's not like we have, you know, five-sevenths of the Holy Ghost. You may only be experiencing five-sevenths of the Holy Ghost. I'm positive I haven't experienced the fullness, total, absolute fullness of the Holy Spirit. But I know one thing. I got him on the inside of me. He's with me. He's upon me. And the more I get to know him, the more I'm going to experience of him. He's the full package. Look at here. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. I want you to count seven with me. Are you ready? Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes. Okay, again, this is 700 years before Christ prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ, right? A new capital B branch. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. All right, so we're talking about Jesus bearing fruit from the old root. In other words, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the way down to David, all the way down to his birth, right? And the spirit of the Lord, say one, one. will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The whole entire spirit of God is going to be upon this Jesus that was going to come, the anointed one, right? Literally, the word Christ means the anointed one. In other words, the one upon whom was the whole spirit of God, right? The fullness of the spirit of God. He's the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, right? The spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, counsel me. The spirit of might, give me the might to do what you counsel me. The spirit of knowledge, oh, sometimes I need to know what you know. 
And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the one who literally can set us apart and consume our heart and soul with the fear of God so that we can truly live for him. The Holy Spirit is the full package. And our last verse is Revelation 5, 6. We're looking at the very same spirit that we see in Isaiah. Then I saw a lamb. Who's the lamb, y'all? And this is after Jesus' coming, death, burial, resurrection, ascension back into heaven. This is the book of Revelation. This is the vision of the end, but it's also a vision of the entire history of the human race. I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. This is a vision of heaven, of glory, right, of eternity. He had seven horns and seven eyes. Come on, say seven. Seven. Which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. The same spirit that was on and in and with Jesus has been sent out from heaven holy spirit to come upon and be with and be in the very breath of god on the inside of us the very power of god upon us the presence of god the full package with us the holy spirit everything that god is in you Oh, that's why I love the Holy Spirit so very much. The absolute, complete Spirit of God has been sent to us. And he says he's been sent to every part of the earth. I'm glad the Holy Spirit's not just in Israel. (laughs) I'm glad the Holy Spirit's not just in Malaysia. I'm glad the Holy Spirit doesn't just visit Australia. I'm glad the Holy Spirit's not just where we hear about quote-unquote revivals happening. He's there. But you know what? He's been sent into every part of the earth. The question is, do you got him? Is he with you? Is he in you? Is he upon you? Listen, that's on you. He, He wants to be with you. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to come upon you with his presence and his power. But for that, first of all, you must be committed to Jesus Christ because he's the spirit of Christ. In fact, the very moment you turn your heart away from sin and you turn your heart to God and you put your faith in Jesus, the very spirit of Jesus comes on you. And the Bible says it does a miracle. It's called being born again. The Holy Spirit of God comes upon our dead, asleep spirit and brings us to life when we believe in Jesus, when we decide to follow Him. What a wonderful gift is the Holy Spirit. Do you know Him? Are you filled with Him? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at encounterchurchatlanta.org. 
I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.